We're celebrating fabulous feminist fathers this week. Here's actor Sanjeev Bhaskar on the subject. Here's a dad, you know, a single dad at that time, who's got a tomboy daughter who he does not um, shape and conform to whatever society's rules are. I still, I can't find a better example of a feminist father on, on film. I also chat to film critic and BBC Asian Network broadcaster Ashanti Omkar about more movie dads. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Hello, I'm your host, Anna Smith. It's nearly Father's Day in the UK, which reminds me that if you can see it, you can be it. Representation on screen matters. So we're taking a look at the on-screen representation of feminist fathers, dads who actively support their daughters to follow their dreams. This episode is in partnership with French cognac house Rémy Martin, who are bringing the 1920s into the 2020s to celebrate the 100-year anniversary of the Sidecar cocktail with their Rémy Sidecar, which I'm trying out right now. Ever wondered why they call it a sidecar? Well, legend has it it was created in Paris in the early 20s and later popularised in London. Story goes that an American army captain, whose preferred form of transport when out drinking in Paris was a motorcycle sidecar, went into a bar and asked for a drink with a kick. And an inventive server shook this one up. It goes three parts Rami Martin 1738 cognac, two parts Cointreau, a splash of lemon juice and a lick of lemon peel. You'll often find this classic creation looking rather glamorous in a coupe glass. Cheers. My first guest is the presenter of the Ashanti Omkar show on BBC Asian Network. Guess who? It's Ashanti Omkar. Ashanti, welcome back to Girls on Film. Thank you so much, Anna, for having me. It's always a pleasure. Love talking to you, as you know. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you for joining us for this very interesting and special episode. Tell me, what does the term feminist father mean to you personally? Well, you know, I have to say that I grew up in a very patriarchal system. So watching a dad on screen who supports his daughter, who supports his son, who supports, you know, any any gender of child that, that, that this father has always makes me smile. A father who's protective, but also not overprotective. Those are the sort of, sorts of things I'm always looking for in dads on screen. And thankfully, we have quite a few across the board, which makes me smile. <laughs> we do. And that's what I wanted to talk about. We're going to start with um, a couple of current releases and one really is more about the first film in the series it's a quiet place part two but why did you pick out this one gosh I mean who doesn't want Emily Blunt and John Krasinski being their parents let's be honest these are two people who will give their lives to protect their ch children and that is exactly what they do and in in the in the quiet place we got to see the dad in action in the quiet place too I don't want to give away spoilers if you haven't seen it but let's just say that you will get a glimpse of this man even if you you know even if you know what happened at the end of of the first uh, quiet place. I don't know why he came all the way up here. 
there's nothing left. There are people out there. People worth saving. These are people who are incredible parents. They're put in the worst scenario possible. A big bad has invaded the earth. We don't even know why. and keeping the children quiet which is really difficult with small children let's be honest and these are parents who will who will do anything for their for their children it's it's really i mean that part of it is very heartwarming of course the film is a horror film it will make you gasp and jump and part 2 will make you gasp and jump even more now in the heights <laughs> In the Heights is coming out very soon on the 18th of June. I'm going to see it very soon, but I haven't seen it yet. So tell Ooh. me about the dad in this and why did you pick that out? So Usnavi is the dad in this. He is played by the wonderful Anthony Ramos. I love this guy. I think he has so much in the way his eyes convey his story and this he's a beautiful man. He can also sing and in this he's so inspiring because he he narrates the story to his daughter. What does sueñito mean? Sueñito. It means little dream. That's it. No story. All right, all right. Everybody sit down. Sit down. Yes! It's a story of a block that was disappeared. And it's all about his quest for a better life. You know, he's saving every penny. He's so inspirational this guy. He's so positive even though he's living in in a you know, a tough situation. He supports his grandmother. So I love the fact that he not only has this daughter that he's so loving towards. He supports his grandmother. He wants to see all the people around him thriving. And and he's he you know, he he showcases that that side of things where you know, you see a gentler side to a man. He's not this kind of macho guy. Who, who's who's kind of better than everyone else he's just one of those guys who just wants to do good a dream isn't some sparkly diamond there's no shortcuts sometimes it's rough well, i'm going to ask you for some more of your choices in a minute but in the meantime i wanted to run through some kind of tropes let's say types of a feminist dad or supportive father in film and i've got a couple of examples so feel free to chime in so i think there's the supportive father of the teen or tween and one of the best recent examples of this i think is 8th grade which i know yes. you love too yes. yes oh my gosh yes what a great <laughs> dad kyla's dad mark played by the character actor josh hamilton but he knows when to stay back he knows when to speak out yes. he knows when to give her advice he knows when to give her space loved him yeah a caring dad i mean nothing nothing beats that someone who's compassionate caring and understands that his daughter's she's got angst she's a teenager she's going through things <laughs> and written and directed by Bo Burnham who was the first man to come on girls on film so very perfect choice for Woo! this episode yes love bo burnham <laughs> and the next one i've picked is juno because when you think of yes. jk simmons in that film he's actually quite supportive of his daughter's pregnancy dilemma um yes. so i thought that was an interesting one and then i've also got two docs in this supportive father of the tween i am greta yes and he named indeed. me malala Gosh, yes, I've met Malala's dad actually. I've wow. met her parents and they are wonderful people and I absolutely adore the fact that her dad just gave her this this pure empowerment and now she is empowering the world. It's wonderful. You named her after a girl who spoke out and was killed. It's almost as if you said she'll be different. You're right. 
almost 66 million girls who are deprived of education. I'm not a lone voice. I am many. And our voices are our most powerful weapons. One child, one teacher, one book, and one pen. They can change the world. My father only gave me the name Malale. He didn't make me Malale. That is a feminist dad, right? He really encouraged her to speak out. Fantastic. Now, there's a father who encourages sporting ambitions is my next trope. You get quite a lot of these. In some cases, it's a bit like, oh, you're the son I never had, which I think is a little bit questionable. Um, But one we love that we'd like to highlight here is Ben's It Like Beckham, because it's the father that goes on the journey and has to make the decision at the end, you know, do I let her follow her dream? Um, So, yeah, really lovely final scene. Do you remember that scene where he just sort of says, oh, you know what, this is what you need to do? Absolutely. It is showing at the London Indian Film Festival at the rooftop in, in Stratford, actually, with Gurinda Chadha popping up to, to talk about the film. And yes, exactly. This is the sort of thing that uh, growing up, I wanted to see on screen. And it took a long time to actually get these sort of dads on screen. And I love the fact that he supported everything, everything that she did. And it was so unconventional. And that gave people like myself a lot of inspiration. I don't want her to make the same mistakes that her father made of accepting life, accepting situations. I want her to fight. And I want her to win. Because I've seen her playing, she's she's brilliant. I don't think anybody has the right of stopping her. daughters made happy on one day. What else can your father ask for? At least I've taught her full Indian dinner. The rest is up to God. (laughs) Now the next one we've talked about on Girls on Film before because we had Rachel Griffiths on and it's a film Ride Like a Girl and Sam Neill plays the supportive real-life father of girls and a boy who work as jockeys. So that's a lovely example of the mm. nice father there. Absolutely. Now, another one that Eliana's picked out, our producer, supportive dad-to-be, which is an idea, you know, the the, 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 the new father-to-be. So Sweetheart and Baby Done are two that we featured recently. That's that's a good one. Cool. Um, animated dads. I don't know if you can think of any of these. We've also featured Wolfwalkers recently. Sean Bean's uh, yes. father goes on a real sort of journey of, of wanting to support her, but knowing that other fathers aren't as supporting and other men are more sexist but then you know has to believe in her that's quite an interesting one isn't it absolutely and hair love which just won the oscar it's about a dad and a daughter the mother has been undergoing a chemotherapy and the dad's trying to get his daughter's hair to look really great when they go to visit the mother played by Issa Rae herself who is obviously amazing and we all love her and that's a really beautiful one it's a short film that everyone should watch it will give you goosebumps it'll give you tears probably but it'll just make you feel uplifted because black dads are often you know they 
there, there's always been the stereotype that black men are not good dads, but that is not true. I know so many black men who are wonderful dads and hair love really brings that out. Good recommendation. And a more mainstream <laughs> um, recent one is, the, not that recent actually, I'm just old, The Incredibles 2, um, where, where the yes. dad, he kind of, that, and that's another journey. So the dad, you know, is challenged by the fact that his wife is more successful at work, basically, and swallows <laughs> his pride and becomes a stay-at-home dad. So he's feminist because he's supporting, ultimately supporting his working his wife, wife as well, as well yes. as his kids. Yeah. Absolutely. So are we going to talk about it? Why? The elephant in the room. What elephant? Mom's new job. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes. And Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? <clears throat> Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. You've got loads more recommendations, so let's move to the festival that you referenced there, the London Indian Film Festival. Um, what a fantastic uh, lineup you've got this year, and quite a few, which tie in with the theme that we're discussing today. <laughs> so tell me more. Indeed. Well, we have uh, Karan Johar, who is at the festival. He is in conversation with yourself. Indeed. At, at home.com from the 17th of June. And with Karan Johar, he is a guy that I've met several times. And he already, for me, is a feminist. He's a really cool guy. He's he's always well up with what's, what's going on in the world. He is a father of twins, a recent father of twins. And, you know, we we all all love this guy and his films like Kuch Kuch Hota Hai, which means something happens. You can see that on Netflix. It's about a single parent to an adolescent girl. And it's this this inspiring bond that this father has has built with her. Then there's Kabi Alvida Na Kehna, also on Netflix, Never Say Goodbye. And that has a, a quirky dad, actually. Amitabh Bachchan himself, who is like this godfather of Bollywood cinema, he plays Sexy Sam. So... All you wonderful married couples out there, look to your partner and tell them, I love you. And all of you that are single, turn this way, girls only, and tell me that. All right? Okay, this speech is getting really boring. Let's party. Come on, guys, hit it! So he's this cool dad. He's also a super cool father-in-law. And this is something that's very important. When, you know, Sexy Sam realizes that his daughter, daughter-in-law doesn't love his son. And instead of all that drama, you must stay with him, et cetera, et cetera. He says, you know, listen to your heart, seek happiness, do what you need to do. And I love that. And Karan Johar will be talking about all of all of these things and how he has come up with these ideas with yourself on, on, on the platform at the festival, which is great. I'm so excited. I'd speak to him he seems like such a very cool dad himself so I think he's going to be great to talk Absolutely. to Absolutely. and one thing I can guarantee you is that his kids will have the best shoes on <laughs> earth because Karan Johar always wears the best shoes the other dad I'd like to mention is the dad in Gunjan Saxena the Cargill girl so this is about a girl who wants to become a fighter pilot she just wants to fly <laughs> कभी हारने नहीं तुम कारगिल जा रही हो 
इस वक्त देश को अपने बेस्ट पायलट्स की जरूरत है जय हिंद जय हिंद Everybody says to her, "There is no way you can do this as a woman," and the dad says, "Look, there's no dream you can't pursue. Just because you're a girl, go out there and do it." Jamie Kapoor plays the protagonist in this, and she really won lots of accolades for her role as Gunjan Saxena. That's at lovelifeathome.com. Also, from the 17th of June, so you can watch these in conversations with these wonderful people behind these stories. Are there any other examples from Indian cinema that you wanted to highlight? Definitely. So when when the director of Thapad he came to the London Indian Film Festival Anubhav Sinha a couple of years ago with his film Article 15 and we were sitting in a, a London cab driving after after having lunch at a Soho pub we were driving into the BBC and he was talking about the fact that his next film was going to be very feminist. and he actually revealed the story to me another time i was like really it just made me think so much anna because i have had to cross over this boundary of of being brought up in in a world where yes if your husband slaps you it's okay it's done out of love that's the kind of thing that i grew up watching a lot of films where you know that slap was a slap of love not not a slap of 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 you know disgust and so when he told me this it made me think a lot especially because we hadn't seen something like this in indian cinema about a, a girl she she's married to this guy they're at a party this the, the, her husband's had a bad day and he takes it out on her he slaps her when she just all she's trying to do is to try and try and calm him down when he's in a bad mood and this is done in front of everybody she wants to 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 leave this marriage and whilst the mother kept saying things like but you're married to him he's otherwise a fantastic man this is the only time he's done this this is the only time he slapped you the father stands up and says no actually this is in your heart if this feels wrong it certainly feels wrong to me i didn't bring you up like this section 9 restitution of conjugal rights illegal notice hai aapko ghar wapas le jane ke liye mujhe nahi jana what's the real story is family no he's having an affair no you're having an affair no so just one slap then just a slap but nahi maar sakta you know this guy kumud mishra brings out the father character so well topsy panu plays this character of amrita sabarwal so well it's on amazon prime well worth a watch excellent that sounds like a very good choice it's interesting that i was thinking that there are examples in literature and then the films that made of that literature of when the father is much more tolerant than than the mother when you look at jane austen and pride and prejudice and such like yes and that's yes. that's an interesting example i'm not saying these um films and books are inherently sexist but it's interesting to look at it from the other side and and go well is actually the example of the father being more tolerant and a better person than the mother part of framing women sometimes as the nagging woman who's obsessed with getting the kids married off that's a good point you know but it's two sides of that coin because this is a woman who's been brought up in the patriarchy too and the the difficulty is like and we see this a lot in in indian cinema too is that you know the the mother herself 
is is also struggling with all these values she's been brought up with and so she's not able to get past that even if her husband figure is and this is a dynamic that we're seeing brought out more and more in the films and and like you said i mean we're talking jane austen this is ancient stuff and we're still talking about it now because it's still happening now and people are still grappling with it and that's a good point about um you know the the men speak out and the women are still grappling it because in a way we are obviously still working with the patriarchal culture and it's more possible and more easy for the man to be heard so the yes. father by the father going okay my daughter can do this maybe yes. that's because he's in a position of greater power this is very mm. very very true yeah well <laughs> we want more of these good feminist fathers this is a great example thank you film we and do. now i wanted to quickly mention actually are there any tv dads that you <gasps> wanted to name check Oh my gosh, so many. So right now on Disney Plus on Star is Station 19 that I've been hooked, absolutely hooked towards. That's about a dad who, who's been running this fire station called Station 19. His daughter is played by Jaina Lee Ortiz as a character called Andrea and her dad is Mr. Herrera, Pruitt Herrera. He's a, he's the captain. He's not just the captain to his daughter. He's also the captain to the whole station. And this, this girl has, has lost her mom and I don't want to give away any spoilers here because this story really develops, but she has been brought up by this single father and he has given her everything. She she feels like the whole, the fire station is her life. She's always wanted to be a firefighter. And this this dad of hers, Pruitt, he he has just inspired all of the firefighters in that station. It, it is pretty, pretty, pretty lovely. And there's a lot of hard hitting topics also that they bring out in this. The dad in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist I don't know if you've seen this, Anna, but I have you not. Would, it is pure girls on film magic. Uh, this is one of those 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 TV shows that I can highly recommend. It's about Jane, Jane Levy. She plays Zoe Clark in this. She's whip smart. She's a coder. She's also a girl boss. You know, she's, she's amazing. But she can hear heart songs of people. So if you and I are going through some kind of crisis and we're around her, it's quite possible we'll be singing one of our favorite love songs that's making us feel really sad. And then she kind of nudges her way to helping us solve our problems. And her dad is played by Peter Gallagher as Mitch Clark. And oh. Oh, I love Peter Gallagher. He is brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. He's very ill in this show. And this is all about how Zoe's dealing with her dad, who's been given a, a kind of, he's, he's terminal at this point. How, how does she cope with it? Hey, Dad. I'm uh, going through a little bit of a rough patch and could really use your help. I'm flailing at work. I just found out a guy I like is engaged and I am either going totally nuts or I suddenly can hear people's innermost thoughts as big musical numbers. Don't ask. It's got a lot of song and dance. It's almost like watching Glee, but with this huge amount of heart which I absolutely love and of course never have I ever has Devi's dad Sendil Ramamurthy from Heroes he's not only one of the most beautiful men to appear on screen but he's also this wonderful dad he comes back only in flashbacks because by the time we see Devi she's dealing with the fact that her dad has died and this is what happens to her after after he's passed away and we see him sitting there with his daughter and just constantly empowering her which is is just magic dad 
my quick what nonsense i'm looking at you right now you're the most beautiful girl in the world no kamal is beautiful and a boy at school said that i was an un he said something mean to me this boy is clearly an idiot like this umpire I mean, do you think john mackenroe would let that umpire tell him that he's not beautiful no he would stand up for himself so i should beat up ben gross what no 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 you fight back with your spirit little one you stand up for yourself just like him answer my question the question jerk thanks dad i'll try i guess mindy kaling when she when she wrote this character of devi and probably conceived the dad she wanted somebody who who her dad her dad's like that because uh, mindy's dad has given her a lot of that that female empowerment that we can see that she's putting out into the world so those are three big dads that i absolutely adore on on screen on tv that's a lovely list of viewing and we're going to include all this in the show notes and tell people where they can watch it because I'm definitely going to be checking that for some weekend viewing, Shanti. Um, now, Perfect. finally, I, um, we, ha- we all had a little slightly dubious choices in our long lists here. So I thought I would end with a category called debatable feminist <laughs> blockbuster dads <laughs> because I think we all had choices that kind of played into this. Shanti, what's yours? Obviously, I was mentioning Taken because what can I say? Liam Neeson as the dad who's not just, you know, trained with very special skills, but he's got this teenage daughter. He wants to connect with her. This is what every dad wants to do. I, I, I think every good dad wants to connect with their daughter, save them, make them feel feel like they're protected. And Liam Neeson obviously does it in, in a very, very cool, dishoom, dishoom way, as we'd say in, in, in Bollywood. <laughs> But is he a feminist, though, really? Because, I mean, he's going in all guns a-blazing. This is a very macho posturing situation. And, you know, how much agency does she really have? I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. You have a 96-hour to what? To never finding her. No. But if you don't, I will look for you. Where is she? I will find you. I, I, for me, I just saw it as a film where he just saves his daughter from these horrible, horrible sex traffickers, and I thought, well, if that's the way he builds his bond, that's the way. He you're you're more his forgiving bond. than me about Taken, clearly, but you're right. That is the film that it is. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna accept him as a feminist. But listeners, you can give us your thoughts on Twitter, and we can start a debate yeah, on right. this one. I, I don't think he's really a, a feminist in any way, but he is a protective dad, and he just wants to save this girl. So I, I'm okay with that. He loves her. We know that, and he's going to help her, and that's a good thing. And mine is not dissimilar, actually, um, or a little softer. It's Armageddon and Bruce Willis in that one because he makes the ultimate sacrifice. And I tell you what, however cheesy that film is, and sorry if this is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it, but however cheesy that film is, whenever I see it, I always cry at the ending when he asks how much she loves her partner, and then he thinks, right, he's a keeper, 
I will make the sacrifice for my daughter and and her husband. So it's 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 romance and also good father fathering all wrapped into one. It always gets me that one. Um and and Hedda, our executive producer, suggested Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop. What do you think about that one? Hmm, actually I had not not thought of that at all, but now that you've said it, I'm like, yes. And there was yes. a daddy daycare as well, wasn't there? I yes, guess there's quite there a few of those comedies where, oh, useless men, aren't they ridiculous? <laughs> but maybe actually they're quite good at being parents too. Uh, <laughs> anyway, there's some some jokey ones to round up with. Ashanti, um, before I let you go, uh, where can people find out more about the London Indian Film Festival? So you can pop over to londonindianfilmfestival.co.uk or you can pop over to at lovelif, L-O-V-E-L-I-F-F. We've got some fantastic socials. We've even got our own gifts this year. So add your gifts to your stories, put them up, tag us at love, L-I-F-F, and we will, you know, we will repost them. And can I just give a shout out to Idris Elba, to Chris Hemsworth and The Rock, because they share the magical moment with their kids on their socials and it's really really lovely to see because they're not saying oh we are so macho that we won't show our love towards our to our towards our loved loved ones and that honesty is something that I really love watching perfect Ashanti thank you so much for joining us and do come back again soon can't wait Anna that was Ashanti Omkar For Father's Day, we thought we'd invite one of our male allies onto the show. So up next, we have an actor, comedian, writer and musician who you'll recognise from blockbuster hits like Yesterday and Paddington 2. He also plays D.I. Sonny Khan in the popular TV series Unforgotten. He's married to the fabulous Mira Sayal, with whom he's worked on many an occasion. It is, of course, Sanjeev Bhaskar. Well, Sanjeev, welcome to Girls on Film. Thank you so much. What an honour. Well, I think you're our fourth male guest. So, as you know, these oh. are quite rare. <laughs> Not our first. Are you disappointed? <laughs> well, you know, a little. You want to be a pioneer of some kind. <laughs> well, in 81 episodes, that's not too bad, actually, is it? Our fourth. Um, and as you know, it's coming up to Father's Day, and that's we wanted to kind of celebrate great feminist fathers in film. And we thought of you, you're a father. And question, are you a feminist? That's a really good question. I don't think it's one that... I don't think it's within my remit to say whether I am or not. I mean, it's because I'm not clear absolutely what the definition is. I mean, for me, growing up in a very kind of uh, female-empowered environment in terms of my mum, who was kind of traditional, sort of took all the traditional roles, but uh, the women in my family, from my mum, my aunt, my grandmother uh, on my mum's side, my younger sister, uh, were all powerhouses and in many ways I was kind of aware of sexism probably before I was aware of racism because really? you know within the family I could see that there were differences in the way that uh, the women and the men were treated so I think I was aware of that really early on but um, you know the women in my family were smarter they were funnier um, they had less uh, control over their lives but they were smarter in the way that they dealt with that and uh, whereas the men were kind of, you know, fairly, I mean, you know, a lot of nice men. I'm not saying that they were all horrible or anything, but, um, you know, culturally and traditionally, they were in charge and had to be seen to be in charge. Whereas the women, I think, uh, couldn't be seen to be in charge. But boy, were they in charge. Pulling the strings from behind the scenes. I love all that. All the time. 
And has that impacted on your attitude to having a family and the way you interact? Totally, totally. I mean, it's kind of, uh, you know, growing up, um, going through my teen years, uh, etc., there was never a point where I thought that there weren't, there wasn't something that, uh, you know, that a woman couldn't do as well and frequently uh, better than me. And I think that, you know, I've been really lucky in the people that I've worked with across my career so far that, uh, you know, strong women have been involved in almost all of the projects that I've done. Goodness Gracious Me was the first sketch show that I did and there were, you know, two women in that. Mira was a writer and uh, she contributed a lot to that. Uh, the Kumars, Mira was again involved in that. We had uh, a female producer on that, female director on it. Um, so through all the, you know, up to Unforgotten, which is the latest thing I've done, where, you know, Nicola Walker is the is the lead and is phenomenal. And we have two women producers who are producing it. So I, in that sense, I feel very fortunate uh, to have encountered all of that um, and not encountered some of the kind of, should we say the more newsworthy things that have happened recently? Because whenever any of those, um, you know, news stories break about the the kind of abhorrent way that women have been treated on sets, I kind of rolodex through the jobs that I've done, and I kind of I do genuinely ask myself, did I, what you know, was that happening? Was did I look the other way? Was I unaware? And I think that by and large, I think it hasn't happened simply because I think, as I said, there were so many strong women involved in so many of the projects. I feel like you are a feminist, do based you? on that, I, wanna, I do. I'll, I'll, well, I can answer. accept it from you, see. I, can... <laughs> I crown you a feminist. Huzzah. <laughs> Great answer. Um, yeah, no, that's really fascinating stuff. I mean, we're talking specifically about kind of feminist fathers um, today on, on screen. Um, have you thought of any that you've seen or, or just feminist men in film that you think are, are good examples and, and sort of to be held up as a great example? Yeah, fewer feminist fathers, I have to say, that came to mind. But the the first one that came to mind, and I don't think I could think of anyone better, uh, is Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird. I think that, uh, and Gregory Peck playing him, you know, uh, here's a dad, you know, a single dad at that time, who's got a tomboy daughter who he does not um, shape and conform to whatever society's rules are. And, uh, you know, given that the, you know, the book was written in the late 50s and the film was out in, I think, 62, um, I still, I can't find a better example of a feminist father on, on film. Scott, I think maybe uh, next time Mr. Cunningham comes, you better not call me. Well, I thought you'd want to thank him. Oh, I do. I think it embarrasses him to be thanked. Bring you all this stuff. He's paying me. There's some legal work out here for him. Why does he pay you like this? Well, that's the only way he can. He has no money. Is he poor? Yes. Are we poor? We are indeed. We as poor as the Cunninghams? No, not exactly. Cunninghams are country folks, farmers. Crash hit them the hardest. Could you expand a little bit more on why you think he is a feminist father, what he does? Because, uh, you know, it's, a, it's obviously a very male-dominated environment. He's a lawyer. He's got to defend uh, a man who's uh, accused of a sexual assault uh, on a woman, a, a black man in, you know, southern states in America. 
and his of his two kids, uh, Scout, who's his daughter. Um, uh, you know, he himself, by defending this man, is bucking the trend of conformity, uh, and you know, much of the town goes against him because of that very action. But his daughter is also not conforming either to those social rules of what girls should be and do and behave and wear. And at no point does he um, shape that. Uh, and I think the fact that, you know, he kind of understands there's a greater good to come from his actions, I think is imparted to his daughter. And I think that's why, you know, he, he lets his daughter see all of the issues that he has to deal with. And uh, I think that's, in, that. I imagine that would be, in, but it would be incredibly empowering for any child, I think. So I, I think that's why. That's a great choice. I hadn't thought of that one. And it does feel kind of ahead of its time in that kind of relationship that we see. Any other examples? They don't necessarily have to be fathers, but things that struck you. Well, um, I didn't know. OK, now we can have the debate because you okay. can tell me actually no. But uh, I thought about Jack Lemon in the apartment um, simply because there's a, 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 you know, an arc to his journey. You know, here's this guy who's lending out his flat to his you know, colleagues and bosses so they can bring women back to it uh, until he kind of falls in love and finds this woman, Shirley MacLaine. Um, who he absolutely adores, and then realizes that the boss is actually, this isn't just kind of playtime for these men. Actually, these have real world consequences on real world people. And uh, I think that journey to him, I mean, he's a he's an utter gentleman through the film. Um, but also by the end of it, he stands up to the bosses. And the standing up to the bosses isn't merely about his flat. I think for me, it was about how they treat women. Do you know, I don't. I started off thinking I was going to debate that one with you, but I think you might have convinced me because you're right. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it is. It's of its time, but it is about mm. his him standing up to people and not being a wimp. But it is also about him realizing how abominably they treat these women and see them as disposable and break their hearts. And um, his decisions are about defending and helping those women. So yeah, that's a yeah another great example. Carry on, Jody, give me some I've more. Got, I've got two more. I've only got two. Excellent. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. All right. Harry Potter. I, you know, given that you know, uh, if we look at the movies, uh, you know, we go from a kid to you know just before uh, adulthood, and there is no point at which I think that Harry Potter as the character ever displays an overt sense of sexism at all. And I think that you know, a lot of the times, I think that you know, men who were portrayed on screen as being kind of uh, supportive of women was seen as slightly wimpy and I don't think he's ever wimpy either um so Harry Potter I'm going to throw in there I think you know Hermione I think is a, is a fantastic role model I think as well uh within it and I you know for me the Harry Potter films are about that core friendship of the three of them but Harry Potter that's I'm going with Harry Potter holy cricket you're Harry Potter I'm Hermione Granger and you are? Um, Ron Weasley. Pleasure. You two better change into your robes. I expect we'll be arriving soon. I did not expect that, but I like it very much. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you got? And the last one I've got is, um, and this is, this is a, a slight cheat, but it's um, Alan Alder's character 
in a marriage story. Uh, mm -hmm. Alan Alda's character is a lawyer in it, and uh, and the guy in Marriage Story goes to him and employs him first, and he's the one who's trying to get them to talk. He's trying to get them in a room together. You know, advises him to move you know closer to his child, which is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Now, the the reason that I mention that is really just a paltry excuse to talk about Alan Alda, because Alan Alda, who's a friend of mine, and you know most well known for Mash uh, uh, on television. Uh, but had written and directed films as well, um, is one of the most extraordinary people I've met. And across the years that he was doing MASH, playing Hawkeye Pierce, um, he was the leading male advocate for um, women's equality under the Constitution in America. Oh. So in the six months that he would have off from MASH, he would fly around the country making speeches about why because to this date, as far as I know, women do not have uh, equality under the Constitution in America. But he went and, um, uh, you know, flew around the country making speeches about, you know, why women should have equal, not just rights, but, you know, under the Constitution be seen as equal. And I think that makes him remarkable. That is what we call a true ally. Yeah, I mean, really he's got, I mean, he's got daughters and, you know, he kind of valued them. I mean, his wife is as amazing as he is. I mean, they're the most life-affirming couple I've ever met. But um, getting to know him and finding out all those things about him. And, he, you know, it hasn't, you know, and never did impinge on his intelligence or his wit. Or, you know, he there was no point at which he felt threatened. And I think, you know, a lot of the, the, the um, fear... Um, from men about equality with women comes from them thinking they're going to be losing something, whether it's a status or a hierarchy or, or whatever that might be. You know, he, from an early age, he never felt that, but also acted upon it. As a father, do you think that that kind of fear is changing in new generations, in future generations? And do you think that it's almost easier as a parent to kind of deal with kids now thinking that hopefully we're moving towards a brighter and more equal future or is that kind of optimistic thinking? No, I think it is. I think it is, but it's something that I think one has to guard about because I think that um, as we've seen probably over the last kind of, I don't know, five or 10 years, you know, there's been a kind of social regression when it comes to things like equality of all kinds, actually. Um, you know, diversity is attacked as something that, we're, again, will kind of, uh, impinge on your life and you will lose something um, by it and in fact you know for me and in, in the way that I've grown up and the people I've worked with certainly and my friends uh, actually diversity of thought is the most powerful place that you can be as a community you know diversity of thought will come from those different experiences and those different approaches um, so I on the one hand I do think it's easier because I think there are a lot more uh, female role models out in public than they were, let's say, when I was growing up in the sort of, you know, 60s and 70s, you had to kind of look for them. And if, you know, they were, um, you know, they were given a public platform, you know, it was easy to mock, you know, it was easy to put them down. I mean, it's interesting now when I think about, you know, television in the 70s, comedies in the 70s, that, you know, women were either, you know, the a bit of fluff or they were battle axes yes yeah, so and true. so so you know that's something that's absolutely changed because we have so many kind of 
great examples that are accessible. <clears throat> and people are now can go back and find, you know, pioneering women, um, you know, going back into the last century and beyond. And that, I don't think there was that access uh, at that time. So in that sense, I think it's definitely changed, and I think it has changed for the better, and it is certainly easier to kind of point those examples out. I think the the contrary to that is that, um, particularly when there are various conspiracy theories about everything, um, it's very easy because we, I still think it, it is a you know patriarchal world, um, but it's very easy for those people to then control the narrative again. You know, while people are confused, while people are scared, or while people are worried, um, and that's something I think that one you know has to be you know um, you know aware of. I think more than anything else, one can't be complacent about it. Um, you know, it's, it's something that you know, particularly with you know political rights for women, and I think it, you know it really changed once women started to have independent economic power. You know, suddenly the, the the shift changed because so many of the arguments were around it, the economics, um, and you know the division of labor labor based on that. But I think that you know people now are much more aware that you know you have kind of women leaders and you have women CEOs and you know you have women directors, not enough. Uh, you have women producers, and you certainly have kind of women stars who, uh, in a way, something that you know was much more prominent in the forties in terms of women on screen. Uh, that then kind of got lost in the kind of machismo of the 50s and the 60s. Um, but, you know, now, again, you know, people are much more aware of that. And um, it can only be a good thing. You know, diversity of thought, diversity of experience can only be better for all of us. That's what we're here for on Girls on Film, as you know, as a listener, <laughs> yeah. as you've told me. It's true. Well, yeah. that's always, you know, it's always really interesting to listen to you guys because it is a, you know, it's a perspective. And we can't have enough perspectives. You know, it doesn't mean it's not going to erode anything about me. It's only going to, you know, inform me, which will hopefully make me better as a human being. Well, I try to do that too, to listen to podcasts that are completely outside of my realm of experience, because, yeah, that's the only way you learn and hear a different viewpoint. So it's a treat to have you on. Um, now, you've paid some dads yourself in the past. Uh, indeed, things that um, you, Mira's been involved with as well. Anita mm. and me uh, yesterday. Yeah. Any comments on those dads and how they fit into this conversation? Well, I mean, Mira wrote, uh, Anita and me, she wrote the book and then she wrote the script and it was very much based on her parents. And, uh, you know, her father was uh, an incredibly gentle, compassionate and encompassing human being so um in a way it felt like a comfortable fit i mean it's weird because i'm playing her dad which that is quite is kind of, weird isn't it <laughs> it's, it is really strange when they turned up on set it was kind of oh this is this is sort of, you know crossing the streams here um but i think you know the fact that she wrote it i think uh um gave it that voice we have to be twice as good as the english to get anywhere this is my That's papa is wrong. yes the film star and he happens to be married to the princess. So naturally, they spend a lot of time feeling very disappointed with me. I've worked out why. So adopted. What did you say? Adopted? Oh, did I say it? I just went to think it quietly. What is wrong with you, huh? Everything is a, a story or a rude quip. Stories don't butter your chapati, bitty. I came second in the school essay competition. Second? Who came first? 
Do you realize that your entrance exam is only 11, 11 months, months away? Papa has a degree in philosophy and has therefore asked the universe some very big questions. Asked the universe some very big questions about life, death, and meaning. And the universe replied, don't bother. You'll end up as an accountant. You'll speak better English than your boss who can't spell and wears a wig. But we work. Mm, friends like my stories. You don't need friends, darling. You have us. Remember, Mina, education is your passport. And I think with yesterday, I think Richard Curtis, again, you know, uh, is an incredibly, um, you know, is, is, has spent a lot of time on uh, senses of empowerment for different kinds of people. And so he wrote a script that was, you know, it was easy to, to uh, uh, you know, play that character. So, although, again, I, now I'm realising they're all weird because obviously I was playing husband and wife with my real wife and... Uh, the, the strange thing on set with that was there was a point at which we were doing one of the scenes. I think it is it was the the now quite well known uh, leave it be scene, um, oh, yeah. and we broke for a second because they were relighting or something. And you know we're in that world and we're playing those characters. And that Mira turned around to me and she said, uh, "Have we ordered more bin bags?" <laughs> and, and it was suddenly this kind of clash of real, real world and fake world that kind of hit me. But uh, I mean, it was glorious, but uh, really weird. That is quite weird and quite funny. Me and your dad love hearing your things, don't we, darling? We do. Okay. 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 Right. This is called Let It Be. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking... Oh, oh, sorry, love, I'll get it. Mm. Good start, love. Very pretty. Terry, oh, come in, love. Oh, it's Terry. Oh, Terry. Terry. Hey. Jack's just playing us a new song. Oh, really? I thought I thought he'd given up. Yeah, no, well, he's got some new songs. What's this one called? Uh, leave It Be. Let It Be. Oh, excellent. Well, rock on, Jack. And, of course, we've also seen you in Paddington 2, which I rewatched again recently because I was called upon to go on the radio talking about how it overtaken Citizen Kane on Rotten Tomatoes is the best-reviewed film ever. How does that feel? It feels right. Feels correct. Quite, quite you frankly, think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you know, Citizen Kane's great, but I mean, it's kind of you know, it's a bit overlorded and it's been there for some time. So, I do think, I, I mean, it's it's difficult when you're involved in a film, but I do think Paddington Two is 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 near enough a perfect film. I mean, I think that I think the pace of it's great. I think it's really funny. I, Hugh Grant was amazing in it, and amazing on set. Actually, some of the most incredibly funny and selfless bizarrely uh improvising that i've seen from any actor always within the character it was never about showing off uh very little of it uh, made it onto the final kind of um, cut but he was great and the the atmosphere on set was fantastic and it, real joy to be involved in i mean it really kind of 
very, very happy memories of that. Are you quite sure you're ready for the workplace, Paddington? It's Phoenix Buchanan. Dad's celebrity client. I suppose you know who I am. Oh, yes. You're a very famous actor. VIP, celebrity. <laughs> or used to be. Now you do dog food commercials. <laughs> this pop-up book, where on earth did you find it? Mr. Gruber's antique shop. It bites there. Oh, but I'm not the thief. It is a heartwarming film about community and it felt so right to be watching it now. And it kind of does, again, tie into this conversation about warmth and family and, you know, good men and bears. Yeah. Good bears. Good bears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, listen, um, Sanji, before I let you go, is there any other films that you really love that you wanted to share with the listeners or anything else, any kind of messages for our lovely listeners? Uh, a few films, if I may. Mm, please, uh, and, go for and it. So I've made a list, actually. Um, Great. So um, here's Girl Friday. Now, it would fail the Bechdel test, obviously, because <laughs> there's only one woman in it who speaks. But I think Rosalind Russell in it, and again, for its time, I think was extraordinary. Playing Hildy Johnson, a journalist who gives absolutely as good as she gets uh, in terms, not in, just in terms of the story, but in terms of wit, uh, in terms of, you know, the repartee. And given that, you know, she's playing opposite Cary Grant. I mean, that's no mean feat. So uh, His Girl Friday, um, one's based on real people, uh, Erin Brockovich, Norma Ray, Hidden Figures, Bombshell. I think all of those were extraordinary. Uh, Fargo, which I, you know, when it came out, I just thought how brilliant that you've kind of effectively um, put as the central character, not just a woman in a man's world, but one who's pregnant. I mean, somebody who's so vulnerable or seen as vulnerable at that point. Um, so that's fantastic. Wonder Woman. Yes. I mean, I found it really moving, actually. The first um, one and the second one, both? Uh, the, the first one for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. And two that I'm going to uh, put together, Bargy on the Beach. Love it. Because Mira wrote it. Uh, yeah. And Bend It Like Beckham. Uh, Alien. Promising Young Woman. Now, does that, that was a question, really. Is that, does that have a feminist uh, message to it? Good question. Um, I, re I refer you back to some of our previous episodes in which we have discussed this. But yes, I do think it does, um, broadly speaking, because it's all about calling out men for exploiting women and sexual assault and supporting your girlfriends. So yes, I think yes. so. Okay. Would you agree? Okay, good. And yeah. the last one I'm going to say is a character, actually, which is Judy Dench as M. Oh, yes. A fine woman. I mean, here was a franchise that was, you know, absolutely about masculinity. Uh, apart from Roger Moore, my old mate Roger Moore, when it was a bit more about fun, but it was still quite sexist. Um, but Judy Dench as M, I thought, was an absolute revelation. You don't like me, Bond. You don't like my methods. You think I'm an accountant, a bean counter, more interested in my numbers than your instincts. The thought had occurred to me. Good. Because I think you're a sexist, misogynist dinosaur, a relic of the Cold War whose boyish charms, though wasted on me, obviously appeal to that young woman I sent out to evaluate you. Point taken. Not quite, 007. If you think for one moment I don't have the balls to send a man out to die, your instincts are dead wrong. I've no compunction about sending you to your death. But I won't do it on a whim, even with your cavalier attitude towards life. Yeah, they're, they're, that's my list of kind of, you know, one character and a bunch of films.
I love that. We're going to list them all in the show notes and tell people where they can watch them because that has reminded me of some great films. Um, so Sanjeev, thank you so much. It's been such a great treat to find an excuse to get you on the podcast and I've really oh, enjoyed hearing you. from you. No, it's been lovely. Thank you, Anna. That was Sanjeev Bhaskar. For more feminist fatherhood fair, check out Bird's Eye View's Father's Day screening of Tony Erdman at London's Picture House Central on Saturday the 19th of June 2021. We also have a very special episode coming up with Bird's Eye View soon. For more Girls on Film, head to our Patreon page or find us on socials where we're well into our year of daily film recommendations. Where does the time go? Girls on Film is an HLA production. Brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, audio producer and assistant producer Eliana J, assistant producer Heather Dempsey, and our fab partners for this episode, Remy Martin. You've been listening to me, Anna Smith, and I was joined by Ashanti Omkar and Sanjeev Bhaskar. See you soon, stay safe, and happy Father's Day. I want her to fight and I want her to win.